welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Welcome back. I'm so glad to be talking to you all again. Um, Thank you so much again for the feedback on last week's episode about sales to designers. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today in a little different way and some other topics as well. But before I get to that, um, I also want to just remind y'all about the Patreon I started for Light Files. Um, The purpose of the Patreon um, is to support the podcast with just a little bit of financial contribution um, to help me uh, buy some additional equipment I need in order to do um, interviews with uh, other people in the industry and honestly to just be able to devote a little bit more time to it. So you can find that at patreon.com slash light files. And just to explain a little bit about how it works. So if you um, support other podcasts, you probably already have some experience with Patreon. If you don't, um, you are asked for a financial contribution. In my case, the lowest level as a patron of the podcast, it's $5 per month. Um, it gets you early access to all the episodes. Um, there's another level that's $10 per month and another level that's $20 per month. Um, please pick whatever feels most comfortable or works for you. Um, again, like I am a, a Patreon supporter of a couple podcasts that I really enjoy. Patreon like bundles all that together. I'm charged once a month for my support of the other, you know, couple podcasts. I think I'm at $20 total between the two of them. And um, it just works very well. And I appreciate supporting the people providing content that I literally enjoy every day sitting in my car. (laughs) Um, I know it's like everything else, like why pay when you can get it for free? Totally get it. Um, I just appreciate people, you know, doing everything they can to provide great content in the world. And I try to support that. So that's why I started a Patreon for the Light Files. No pressure at all. Um, But $5 per month is the lowest supporting level. Um, If you go there, you see what the benefits are. And um, I just really appreciate anyone that can take the time and make the financial commitment to this podcast. Again, it's not necessary, but just thank you in advance. I really, really appreciate all the support and engagement I get, um, whether you're a Patreon member or not. So welcome. I wanted to talk about something I saw on social media this week. So this is my first light file for the week. That it really kind of disturbed me and opened a whole like box of questions <laughs> for me. I just, okay, so I will not name the brand. Um, if you would like to know which brand I'm about to speak about, you're welcome to direct message me and I will privately tell you. But I'm sure many of you also have seen these ads on your social media and you'll know what I'm talking about. So anyway, there's a brand that sells through showroom distribution that has just leapfrogged past (laughs) selling direct to designers and now sells direct to consumer. That's right. It's a brand that we buy that sells direct to consumer. Now, I've been informed that they sell direct to consumer um, at a 2.0 markup, um, which, okay, so that makes their pricing the same as ours on their website. Um, But yeah, just direct to consumer, no bones about it. That is what it is. 
And I'm a little blown away by this. I can't say that I'm shocked, like, in seeing how not every manufacturer's websites, but a lot of them have been, like, growing and evolving and looked more glossy and, like, online shopping sites, which I get and to some degree that's needed, especially if you're trying to build a brand and engage with consumers to make your, your, um, well, your brand a brand, <laughs> because that is something that is lacking in our industry. There are very few brand names in lighting. Um, there's probably like half a dozen that we can all think of um, that the general public knows, but it, it doesn't go much beyond that. So I know a lot of manufacturers have been working on building their brand and building loyalty to their brand. So in some respects, I totally get how this has happened. But I um, I have to say, it really took me aback. And it what also took me aback was just thinking like, okay, so not only are they selling direct to consumer, so that's direct competition. It's not even like indirect competition. <laughs> it is direct competition with a distribution channel. And my goodness, all of the headaches that they're going to have to deal with in that manufacturer you know, with returns or bought the wrong size or I installed it and now I don't like it. Like there's a whole world of headaches they're about to face that uh, showrooms and uh, sales agents are the middleman for now um, that they're going to have to deal with directly. But all I can come back to is they don't care because they're making so much more money on the product. <laughs> Like if they're selling it direct to consumer at uh, a 2.0 uh, IMAP, uh, whereas, you know, normally they would be getting half that selling it to the showroom, uh, that probably right there pays for the additional staff that they would need to hire to deal with all the like headaches that we deal with is is showrooms. So I just don't know. I just don't know. But I thought... This was one of the most interesting things I've seen in a long time. I don't actually know when it started. I do know that um, they've started to uh, do some paid promotion on social media platforms. And probably because of my own, you know, likes and dislikes on social media. And clearly I like lighting. That um, That's why these ads, because they, they are sponsored posts, they're paid ads. Um, I'm sure that's why they're showing up in my feed so much. But my goodness, this is just a real development. <laughs> I'll try to keep judgment out of it. It's a real development. And I really wonder what it portends for other brands and for the industry. And as a showroom, I haven't been able to think through all of this yet. I only found out this week and I'm just not quite sure how the pieces fall into place for me. But as a showroom, do, do I display that brand? Like, is this like a good thing? Like, are they going to build some brand recognition and people are going to want to come into my store to see it because they've seen it all over social media and then I can sell it to them too? Or are they just going to see it all over social media and just buy direct and never even set foot in my store and maybe they would have before? I don't know. I really don't know. But I think it is, I think it's something. And I think uh, it's probably not the last brand in lighting that's going to try this. Um, it, it's just not. <laughs> so speaking of uh, blind items, 
I think it's pretty well known, but again, I will, uh, I'm going to sort of refuse to name, name names here, but there, you know, is a major brand in our industry that, uh, in the sales meeting at Dallas, uh, now this is all secondhand hearsay information. So this is all alleged. Um, but I, I do understand that a major brand in our industry made a significant announcement to their sales team at, at Lightovation that, you know, they really want to have, you know, 25%, 20%, 25%, more than that, 50%, whatever the, the number was of all of the lighting sales in the country. Like, that's their goal. And, you know, God bless them. <laughs> my goal is to sell 100% of all the lighting in my market area. So I totally get it. Like, yes, we need to have goals like this. But I think um, knowing that this is a real goal for this major brand and they have a proven track record of success, I think it's got a lot of people uh, on the manufacturer side probably a bit worried and and I I think I probably would be too if I was in that position, um, and I, you know in some degrees it worries me uh, just because you know of everything else this brand is doing that uh, you know sort of impacts independent lighting showrooms. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of interesting things going on, a lot of developments that I think are really impacting what we do on a daily basis uh, in in the lighting industry and how we're moving forward. And I don't know, some of it I think is great. Some of it I think should be a cause for concern. But all of it, I think we just need to pause and think about how these things are going to affect us. So I would love to, I want to challenge you all. I want to hear back on this. What do you think about direct-to-consumer sales by a brand? Do you care? Do you not care? Does it impact you? Does it not impact you? What do you see long-term play this out in scenarios? And what do you see as the impact? So um, like direct-to-designer sales really impacts some showrooms more than others. Some showrooms have a much more designer-heavy customer base than others. And so when manufacturers are selling direct-to-the-trade, it really impacts more them more than it does others. So I, and the, but we all sell, almost all sell, I can think of a few exceptions to retail customers. Um, so selling direct to consumers in theory impacts us all. So I'm just really interested to hear um, what your thoughts are on this. It, um, yeah, I think it's really, really interesting. Really interesting. So let me know uh, at, light vials on instagram or email me uh you can find me <laughs> um i did say uh get uh some great feedback on the episode last week and i appreciate that everyone's trying to be thoughtful about it and um really really understand that there are challenges things are happening in industry and uh, we need to figure out solutions that work for all of us I did have an interesting comment on one of my posts by a sales agent that said, you know, if there's a showroom, you know, willing to display and commit to a product line, of course, they would always have the sale go through the showroom. But if there's no arrangement for a showroom space that can be made, it may be necessary to sell di designers direct. I totally get that. I think I would just all like to um, 
remind or say to everyone that in a few occasions, um, I might have, okay, so buying for a showroom is strategic. It We try to be well-informed about it. We try to think about our market and what sells and who our customers are and all of those things. But we're not perfect buyers. It's not like you just walk in to um, a showroom in Dallas and you just know exactly what's going to sell and what isn't going to sell. You have a pretty good idea of what you should be leaning towards. Um, but sometimes, it, you know, a, a trend comes up in the industry that you weren't expecting to be a hit in your market. I, you know, any number of things can happen. I can't tell you how many fixtures I bought for my showroom that I thought this is a winner, sold, and then it just languishes and I sell it on clearance or some that maybe I was iffy about that turn into top sellers. Sometimes it can be hard to predict. I have a pretty good handle on it. I think most showrooms do, but there is room margin for error. Um, same thing with manufacturers bringing in new goods to market. Um, you have a pretty good idea where you're heading, what the trends are, but I'm sure manufacturers commit to inventory all the time that ends up being duds. <laughs> and so it happens. So I would uh, also just request of a sales agent that if you've asked me to partner with a line and for whatever reason, I decide at the time that it's not a good fit for my showroom, but then you're getting repeated inquiries in my market area for that product, well, please bring that back to me. Don't just say, well, she said, no, we're never going to talk about this again. Um, if it turns out in my market area that there's genuine interest in these goods, that will probably be enough to change my mind to at least give it a shot. So I think sometimes it can be a little bit, well, I asked, uh, they said no, so I'm just going to go direct to the trade. I think we need to really, you know, be mindful that, you know, we're all trying to make the best business decisions with the information we have at the time. And you cannot make a good business decision without complete information. So if I'm missing this piece of information that there is genuine interest in this product in my market area, then I'm liable to make a bad decision on whether I should bring it into the store or not. So any information that you ever have as a sales agent about that, any information that you have as a manufacturer about what's selling into my market area, that should be communicated to me because all it's going to do is make me better and make my sales stronger. So there's no need to withhold any information about what's moving in my territory. All it's going to do is help me make better buying decisions, better displaying decisions, and sell more product. So that's just my only note on that. Um, speaking really briefly about uh, uh, sales direct to the trade, um, a, a few people brought up warehousing costs for designers and um, that is a, an important thing, I think, um, if you haven't thought about that in your pitches to designers about uh, using uh, your services as a lighting showroom, that warehousing component, I think, is a really big thing. And maybe maybe get some idea of what warehousing costs are in your area for designers and, you know, carrying costs and stuff. That can be an entry into the market as a lighting showroom. Just something to think about. I think a lot of us obviously are aware that designers don't have warehouse space, but um, if you can really put some numbers to paper about how much that is actually costing them and, um, you know, in time and everything else, it really gives a good argument for just working with your lighting showroom directly. So that kind of leads me to my second little light file here <laughs> for the week. All right, lighting industry. We have got to stop giving our expertise away for free. What do you think? 
I think it's very true. I think it's something that we generally do wrong because we're afraid of losing a sale. And there is merit in that argument. But I also think generally lighting is such a technical product. Even decorative lighting isn't as straightforward as everyone thinks it is. So let's all take a step back and remember, you know, our first few weeks in the lighting industry, your first few months in the lighting industry, and think about if this wasn't a family business that you grew up in and you came into it later, maybe from a different profession or something else, think about how absolutely overwhelming those first few weeks and months were in the lighting industry and how many times you said to yourself, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I can't tell you how many times I said that to myself. I was like, what? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) You can have fans that aren't on a pull chain? (laughs) You can have a light fixture that isn't a melon? I had no idea. had no idea. And that sounds so ignorant of me now, but I had no idea. None. And I think we really undervalue all the service and expertise and information we provide as lighting showroom salespeople, as sales agents, as everything. We're undervaluing ourselves and we need to stop. We need to set the expectation with the general public that lighting is a technical product. It is a skilled product. Not just anybody can walk in and do it. And it's just not something that should be given away for free morning to night, every day of the week. It's just we really need to create this expectation of value in our industry and the service that we provide to our customers, to all customers, not just designers, not just builders, but retail customers too. They come in, they talk with our consultants. We talk about the appropriate size of a fixture. We talk about finishes. We talk about light bulbs. We talk about Kelvin temperatures. We talk about hanging heights. And that is just all in the service of selling a $500 dining room chandelier. But we give all of that information away for free. It's just something to think about, I think, that We need to protect our industry a bit more and protect this knowledge that we have. Sure, we want to share. We want to get everyone in the world excited about lighting, but we need to speak from this place of expertise and we need to value that expertise. Well, think about how hard it is to hire um, new consultants in a lighting showroom. And (laughs) like, I know we all talk about this a lot, (laughs) but it is hard to find somebody you know, you get all the great expertise or the retail experience or the, you know, whatever the the employees come at you with or your potential job candidates and they get into the store and they are just so overwhelmed by all of the things and all the stuff there is to learn. And, you know, a few people tap out and they just like, oh, this isn't for me. It's too much. I didn't realize how much it was going to be. I know me personally, I just had to do a bunch of job interviews last week and I have two new candidates starting on Monday and I'm very excited about that. But, um, I say over and over and over, there's going to be a lot to learn. You have to be patient with yourself. It's going to take months before this really sinks in. It is not, um, this is not selling, you know, shirts and tops. It is just more difficult. It is more challenging than you would expect. And um, you have to really engage and learn the product. 
And I just can't think of a lot of other, I know, I'm sure if I was selling tile or plumbing, um, other home home goods products, like there is also that same issue of it being more technical than we all give it uh, credit for. I just think as an industry, we need to stop selling ourselves short. We are providing a valuable service to everyone. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with expecting something, maybe more than just a sale for that. Um, I think it's time we maybe stop just throwing discounts around so much. I know I'm guilty of that. Like, I'm saying that I think this is where we should be heading. I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this myself. A lot of this is just a change in thinking that I really think we need to embrace as an industry and maybe not just be so like, I'm just terrified of losing the sale to the internet and these, you know, Bed Bath and Beyond coupons. <laughs> so just something to think about. Value your expertise. What is that worth? And what is that really worth to the consumer? And how do we as an industry communicate our worth so that people don't have the expectation of just being able to come in and undercut us and undersell us and all of this? Like, how do we set that expectation as an industry that we are valuable, skilled assets to their home, that we are making their home better and brighter and cooler just by being a part of the process. So anyway, just something to think about. I think um, uh, it it can be a challenge. It's going to be a shift in mentality, but um, I, something that I think maybe is a little overdue in our industry. So Anyway, the last thing I've, I've uh, run a little long on this episode. Thank you for bearing with me. I do just have one last little comment to make before I sign off this week. I want to say I was entering some market orders into my, um, my uh, showroom software. And yet again, there's product that I saw in June that I wrote orders on that is not available to me in my industry data files. This is so frustrating to me. <laughs> I saw the product hanging in June. There was enough information in uh, in manufacturer software for me to write orders on it, uh, digital orders. So the manufacturers had the information, but the information was not communicated to the data platform that I use. So it is not available to me yet. I find this very frustrating. I find it very difficult when some of these displays actually were in stock and have arrived, but I I have no information to give my sales team about it. Just as a note, please, we've got to do better <laughs> on this data and getting the information out there sooner, better, faster. I said that already. <laughs> but it, it's just a real challenge. I understand data files are sent. They need to scrub. They need tweaked. We need to allow time for that. Um, but it just, I, I think we've just got, we've got to get better at this. Um, information moves so fast these days and we have to move fast too. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of the um, support and feedback I get from the light files. Again, I know I don't say everything perfectly. I know I'm missing pieces of information sometimes. I really appreciate the people that reach out to me. And, you know, whether it's good or good feedback or, uh, you know, just positive criticism, I really appreciate it. I learn from all of you and I try to take everything I'm given from you guys and turn it back around um, so that we can have further discussions on these topics because 
Um, I want to take the information and even if I have said something wrong or misstepped or anything, um, I want to be able to give a full picture back to everyone. So thank you to anyone who takes the time to uh, reach out to me. I really appreciate it. Um, if it is uh, within your means and your interest, please do support the podcast, patreon.com slash light files. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you next time.